Hi. Hello. So welcome to Talk Popsy. The topic today is art as cognition. My name is Vincent Palouse, and I'm joined by... I'm Karen Shapiro. So, uh, Karen, what do you think about art? Uh, what do I think about art? Well, um, I think it's a good thing. <laughs> and um, I'm just interested in trying to figure out what do you guys mean by cognition and philosophy and art? And um, <laughs> what does that mean, do you think? Uh, or do you know... So by cognition, I'm, I'm just understanding something like thinking, maybe. So uh, how do, I guess one question maybe would be, uh, you know, do you think, uh, does art kind of, is doing art or appreciating art a form of thinking, or does it kind of motivate us to think? What do you think? Well, why would that even be like a question? Like, why wouldn't art be about thinking? Is it supposed to only be about feeling? I mean, I, you know, I don't even understand, like, why anybody would think art has nothing to do with thinking. Can you say more about what you mean? Well, you're looking at, you know, you look at some, like, a piece of art, like a, a painting. Um, don't you, doesn't that make you think? Like automatically, or does that make you feel? Some some art makes me think, and some art makes me feel. Yeah. For me, at least. What, you don't think is your your view is that art does not make you think; it only makes you feel. No, my view is that art always makes you think. Oh, and doesn't make you feel, or also makes you. Feel. Yeah, like you're, if you're thinking, you're feeling. You know, like it's not like somebody took. Like, unless it's like a kind of art where the artist takes a hammer and smashes your finger, like, there's always going to be, like, thinking. And even in the hammer case, right? The thoughts. Well, then it goes. Shit, right? Yeah, yeah, right. That's true. <laughs> That's true. But what is some. So I understand that your thing is on mathematics and philosophy or logic and philosophy. Yeah, but, yeah, that's what I'm working on. But, um,. But right now, I'm kind of, yeah, um, that's what, that is what I'm working on. Um, Are we allowed to talk about that or not? <laughs> I mean, we, we could, but I would be more interested to know what you think about art and cognition. What do I think about art and cognition? Well, like, why would there be any kind of discussion about art not being part of cognition? Like, does anybody ever think it's not? Well, the, the question is maybe, what, what role is it playing with cognition? So is it a form of cognition, or is it just a thing that causes you to think? Oh, well, what's the difference between those two things? Well, if it's a form of thinking, maybe it's like thinking out loud. Right, you know, we could think out loud. That would be what it, that could be. It's like maybe doing art is like a form of thinking. Another thing it could be is if it could be something that makes you think, right? It could be like uh, like the, the cue ball hitting the, the rack of billiard balls and then causing other stuff to go. So it could be this kind of, this impetus, right? So it could be like thinking out loud, which is a form of thinking. 
or it could be more like a thing that makes you think. Ah, well, I think it's thinking out loud if you're looking at art that's like a comic art with that bubbles, where they have the people thinking with the little bubbles. That's thinking out loud. Uh, is there a particular piece of art that you like a lot that makes you think? Like, do you have a favorite kind of art? I really like this book, 100 Years of Solitude. Um, and it makes me think about kind of... It's, I mean, it's, it's just wonderful and it's very emotive, but it also makes you think about, like, uh, U.S. uses of banana company to control Central and Southern American places and Caribbean places. So I think it can make you think in this kind of pretty clear... So is a book art? I think so. Uh, I was always thinking they meant like painting or performance art or music, but I guess it's not that defined. I, one question that's maybe, do you think, uh, do you think music, like pure music, so without words, do you think that has to do with thinking? No. No, pure music without words does not have to do with thinking necessarily. That's definitely about theory. You know, there's like a, um, if you delve into a lot of like, the heavy Jewish philosophy, like like not like not like the modern stuff, but like the really old stuff, like the the really religious people, they have different levels of um, song spirituality. They're called nigunim, and there's different levels. And the first level is um, that's words and a tune. That's like the base level. And then after that, there's uh, uh, a tune without words. That's the second level. And the highest spiritual level of, of music, um, we're talking like spiritual music, like, like God-evoking music, is a song that has no melody and has no words. <laughs> Are there sounds? I figured you'd like that. Are there sounds or just nothing? Or is it, yeah. It's just nothing? Well, it's not just nothing, but it has no words and it has no music. Perhaps it's a, um, I've never experienced that level of song spirituality, but maybe it's the music inside you that has something to do with, you know, beam down from God or something. That's that's really neat. Uh, but like, wow, that's really neat. Yeah, it, you know those there... guys on the subway with the hats and the long beards and the, the earlocks? You know that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so those guys are Hasidim and they believe in that kind of stuff. They're very spiritual. We don't really know that much about that because we like look at them in a certain way, like conservative politically or they, they're kind of like reactionary or they're from the old world. And that's all true, you know, but they're also very spiritual. And before that was called spiritual, they believed in mysticism and all that stuff. And that's one of their beliefs, Hasidim believe in stuff like music that has no words and no song being the highest level of spirituality music. 
So next time you see one of those guys on the train, you're like, oh, you look kind of weird, but how about that? Like, you're like a mystic spiritual believer. <laughs> so what, just so I have something to look up later, what is, what is, what's this level of, what is the name of the hierarchy of songs? Well, the levels are called, uh, a level is called a madrega. I don't, you know, it's spelled actually in Hebrew, but it's, I guess the English transliteration is M-A-D-R-E-G-A, and the plural is madregium. Madregim. So that's the highest madrega of nigunim. Nigunim are spiritual songs. That's N-I-G-G-U-M. And there's no cognition involved necessarily. It's just like a direct shot to your soul. It's not like your heart, but your soul. So that, and that, that's kind of trippy, right? And you can see them in Brooklyn all over the place. Those guys. So you can stop one of them and ask them about. Would they? Do you think? Is that the kind of thing you can ask someone about, though? Or is that too kind of personal, maybe? Or? No, they p- probably would tell you. If they would talk to you, they would tell you that. You know. I don't know if they would on the subway. Maybe they would. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever tried? No, I talk to Hasidim all the time. I know how to talk to the religious people. I'm not, a, you know, afraid of them, and I don't judge them. So they, they feel I'm real, and they tell me stuff if I ask. But you have to ask them first. <laughs> also, I don't look like threatening to them because I'm like an older gal. So, you know, anyway. But um, I'm just, um, you know, is there a kind of philosophy that's your favorite kind of philosophy? We go back after the after the fact and kind of hear the hear the lyrics again in our mind and then it helps us think so i guess that my question for you is when does so you said of course art has cognition right of course they're tied well then the second question is you know when does it come in is it at the same time is it after um oh is it both well I think if you're experiencing, um, well, for me, a visual art is um, is processed by my brain more differently than a, like a music type of thing. Because right? <laughs> a visual art, I would start thinking, like, when was this art piece produced, and does it reflect its time, and you know, what are they trying to say? And, you know, isn't the color, look at the light streaming, how did the, what did the technique use that made that possible? But if I was looking at um, hearing a piece of music, you don't do really that stuff. You look at that afterwards. I guess it's just how the human brain processes um, audio versus uh, visual. Maybe you need your audio going to, uh, to, you know, to, to process music. You can't put it aside and think about it. Maybe it's the same. I mean, there's probably a biological, bi- biological aspect mm-hmm. to this. But visually, you can see something and think at the same time, I think, easier than if you're listening to something 
if you start thinking, then you miss part of the music. So, you know, maybe it's the same bunch of neurons <laughs> working, and you can't. So you have to do that after the fact. Like, oh, the Beatles wrote that during their, you know, period when they were, you know, having bed-ins or something, or you know, versus like while you're listening to it. Oh, it's the bed-in period or something. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're looking at um, the cover of um, you know, a magical mystery tour or the Yellow Submarine, you can look and you say, oh, see how they did that kind of drawing in the 60s or the, co- the early 70s with all the colors. It was like a bright, vibrant time after the dark period that the country went through, but previously in the upside. You know, you can do that at the same time, but you can't do that with music. So maybe that's why music goes directly to feelings and visual is more of a cognition mm-hmm. thing i believe do you think there's a thesis in this should i, I think there's that? a thesis in this yeah <laughs> i think there's a thing schopenhauer had a hierarchy of arts and at the bottom he put i'm probably butchering this so this is all from memory from a long time ago but um at the bottom he put on uh, architecture and water fountains then in between is like sculpture painting and then poetry and then the best type of poetry was tragedy and then above that is pure music and the idea i think was that somehow pure music gives like a freedom to the will in a way that the other ones don't. And as you're saying that, someone starts playing the piano with some... I wish it was Schopenhauer. Right. <laughs> Too bad it's not. Back from the dead, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but, like, well, maybe he maybe he had, a like, a great-grandparent that was a Hasidic Jew or something. Maybe. Maybe. But then again, you know, that's, like, such a um, pedantic way of looking at things. I think we're more smarter about it now that's kind of like a snotty uh like oh water fountains are less valuable than pure music but like if you're like drinking out of a beautiful fountain like suppose you could drink out of the trevi fountain yeah wouldn't that be like at least as good as listening to a piece of music like imagine drinking out of like if the water was clean yeah, if like, it was clean, it maybe. Was clean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like but so like, many coins have been in there. I don't know how clean Trevi Fountain, right? I suppose they had like a separate area yeah. that was like part of purified. This, yeah, purified. Because that way you could like look at the beauty of the Trevi Fountain while also experiencing the beauty of cold, clear water on your human tongue. You could participate with the art while looking at it, and that would be like a double la- layer of art experience. So that yeah. would be better than just listening to music. But you know, he was a man of his time, and you know, it was before people really could do a lot of stuff. Like then, like you were either a craftsman of the arts or a sculptor or a carpenter. Like now, you know, we can all do stuff because we know how to do digital stuff. So we could all create stuff. Even if you can't draw, you can create art. Because I can't draw, and I always was like thinking I could never do any art because I can't really draw, and I mess up all this stuff that you have to do, like with your hands, you know, like, you know, whatever they 
both in school and as a parent doing art pieces with my kids. I never could do them, but now that it's digital, I can make digital art and I can make videos and I can do all that stuff. So now we don't have like these different ideas about this art's not as good as that art. Mm-hmm. What they did back then, because I don't know, maybe they were snotty or maybe. Maybe it's different. Maybe people weren't appreciating art at all, so he was elevating people's appreciation or something. Just guessing. So, I like that. But I want to know a little about logic and philosophy. It seems like those are two different things, but they're they're not, huh? Well, it depends what depends what you think. So, a natural thing to think logic is maybe is a codification of good reasoning ah um, for example so one example would be uh, if it's raining then I should bring my umbrella right it's raining therefore bring my umbrella good so that's a good that's a good inference right that's called modus ponens so the being able to kind of narrow in on that and pick that out, that's a thing that logic did. But this is also a thing that this is a philosophical question about what's good and what's bad. So here's a here's a different one. If it's raining, then I should bring my umbrella. It's not raining. And if someone concluded, therefore, it's not the case, I should bring my umbrella, that would be kind of a weird conclusion, right? So for example, uh, Here's a way of making that even clearer. If you're in Manhattan, then you're in the United States. If someone concluded, someone said, well, you're not in Manhattan, and then they said, therefore, you're not in the United States, you'd say, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not true, because I could be in Pennsylvania. I could be in New Jersey. Right? Well, why would you want to be? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But, uh, <laughs> fair enough. Um, but yeah, so uh, this distinction between good and bad... One, making a distinction. Two, saying why this distinction exists. These are philosophical questions, but this is also, this is the domain of logic. Um, hmm. um, so, that's philosophy? This is philosophy, this is logic. This is, yeah, this is where they meet. Uh, how trippy does it get? So trippy. <laughs> <laughs>